Colter Nuanas from ESPN Montana here at the M Store. Proud to present our Nuanas Now podcast each and every day, available on all of your various podcast hosting platforms. One of their awesome partners, a guy that really is uh, helping spread the word about the M Store, is Grizz All American Junior Bergen. What's up, man? Thanks for coming in. Yes, thank you for having me. First of all, you got a cool t shirt. What's it like being on a t shirt? You're a kid from Billings, Montana, so that, yeah. might, that must be kind of surreal knowing there's a t shirt of you at the M Store. Yeah, it's pretty cool. Um, I went to a couple basketball games back home. And uh, I saw some kids running around with I their love shirt it. on. And it was really surreal. It was a cool moment, cool experience for sure. Uh, that's so cool. You guys do such a good job of embracing how much the community loves you. But when people are looking up to you like they do, I mean, they think, I mean, you're the man right now. for <laughs> <laughs> the University of Montana. What's yeah. that like being a Montana kid? Um, it's different for sure. Um, you know, growing up, you kind of look up to guys like who are in the NFL totally. and stuff like that. But, um, you know, it's just great to have a, a positive influence on these kids' lives. Um, you know, I just wanted to make sure... Uh, I set the example and lead by example and give them someone to look up to. Go check out the M Store. They're located there at the corner of Higgins and Broadway here in the city of Missoula. And you can also visit anytime online, MontanaMStore.com. They have all the latest and greatest, a whole bunch of original Grizz gear. And, of course, they have Junior Bergen T-shirts. Junior Bergen, proud partner with the M Store, as well as us here at uh, ESPN Montana. Thanks for swinging by, man. Yes, sir. Thank you for having me. The M Store, where they're all Grizz all the time. We got a little crazy, but we never got caught Down by the river on a Friday night Pyramid of cans in the pale moonlight Talking about cars and dreaming about women Now for never the Kurtz Polaris Studio, here is Ryan Tutel and Coulter Nuanes. Under on the Chattahoochee Never knew how much that muddy water meant to me But I learned how to swim Back, hour number two, Tutel and Nuanas, 102.9 ESPN Radio Outstanding to be with you on this uh, very fine Monday afternoon. Hope you're having a wonderful day. Hope you're taking care of each other out there, being responsible as phase one is now in effect of the reopening, which is uh, which is good, I think. I'm happy about this. I think everybody's happy about it, but I also think, uh, you know, people are got to be careful nonetheless, obviously, and do the right things, but it's a good day. It's a happy day. If you uh, missed anything in the first hour of the show, you can check it out on the podcast. The podcast is available wherever you get your podcast. Listen to Two Tell Nuanas. Check it out at your leisure on your time. And you listen to the podcast thanks to Blackfoot. You can also listen live on the stream, 1029ESPN.com. The stream available all the time thanks to Opportunity Bank. Your local bank, your opportunity. If you want to call 361-3688 is the phone number. 361-3688 is the phone number. All guests join us via the Rankage Brothers RV phone line. Speaking of, we got a caller. Our friend Mike is on the line. Mike, I uh, I, I, I have some guesses as to what you want to talk about, but I guess there's enough variety and possibility here that I will leave it up to you. But, uh, Mike, you are one of the uh, all-time top-shelf University of Montana knowers and fans and all of those things. Is this Grizz related or is this other? This is other, but I'm oh, very curious what you would have thought I was calling about. Well, that, no, I mean, I'm, I, I, I guess, I guess the point is there's so many possibilities. You know, I didn't want to put the cart before <laughs> the horse here. So you tell me, what do you got? What's going on, man? And am I, am I wrong <laughs> saying this to you? Happy birthday today. Is this a happy birthday? Oh, well, thank you. Thank oh, my you. gosh. There's what? nobody I'd rather spend it with than you two on I, the radio I, right now. I, I so. just find that so sad. Uh, but, okay. Uh, go ahead, Mike. Birthday boy here. You tell us. What do you got, bud? So, I, I question specifically for you. 
Is the fact that Coulter's brother is four episodes through The Last Dance and says he hasn't learned a single thing, not the most Nuana's brother thing that could possibly be? <laughs> it's uh, it's very Nuana-y in a couple of different respects. The central respect is this. Basically, I believe it. Because if it's been written about Michael Jordan, it's by, been read by somebody named Nuanez. And so it's pretty exhaustive the amount of time uh, and energy spent knowing the things about the dudes. And uh, and so, yes, I do buy that. You, it just, I was driving, you know, from, from work, and I heard that, and I felt compelled to call you guys because it's like, I'll text Coulter this deep thought about some sporting event, which obviously hasn't happened lately. And <laughs> the deep he will, thought or the sporting event, you know, well, both, <laughs> you know, and I'll be thinking, man, I'm going to, I'm going to get some good conversation from Coulter and he'll text back something like they all suck. None of this is surprising. <laughs> I knew it was going to happen. Dude, he'd never been surprised by anything in his whole life. That's it's all true. just predictable. That's not true. I was, fatalistic. I was shocked that you could do a six minute on the Schrodinger's cat. Like you did last episode. <laughs> Nugent, please tell me you heard that. Please tell me you heard Ryan's Schrodinger's cat segment. <laughs> First of all, Schrodinger. And I, second of all, it's, it's really, you know, it's not, it's not much to write home about. You know, I was impressed, and it reminded me of the first time I co-hosted a show, and my dad listened, which I assume is the first time he's ever listened to you guys. Um, and he commented to me, why did that Coulter guy talk about Walmart for five minutes? <laughs> <laughs> so, I mean... It's I don't a little think bit that of a you variety guys doing show. five minutes on you know uh, you on a random topic is anything weird. That's right. I think That's it's right. why you guys have been so good for the last month and a half. And, you can and, talk about anything. And Mike, that is why you are you know a top shelf pitch hitter for us too. So we appreciate that because you understand what we're doing here. You know, it's all just you know it's all just window dressing until we can get past the sports to the stuff that we're really interested in, like the nature of space time and whether or not the Beastie Boys are good. Exactly, and this is why I listen to you guys. That's it. Mike, What do you have plans for your birthday? You got something going on? You going to barbecue tonight? I mean, what's going on here? I, you know, we're going to go out to a great restaurant. Um, no, that's not happening. <laughs> um, well, no, we're going to get takeout. We had a little social distancing barbecue yesterday with my brother because I'm a twin. Yes. Um, so we, uh, you know... Social distance in the backyard and, and had a little barbecue. Well under the state recommended limit. Don't worry, family only. Very good. Um, but uh, I, that was kind of my celebration. And you know, birthdays just aren't as big of a deal when you're getting older, they right? Do start to run out of a little bit of steam. That is a fact. Coulter hasn't experienced this, and he never will because his birthday is Cinco de Dang Mayo, and so he gets to have a giant. <laughs> global party every time it's his birthday but for you and i is a little 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 less interesting uh with every passing year i'm starting to get into ties and socks in the boxes now uh which is you know i guess okay and necessary but what it is well from two telenuanas to you mr mike nugent happy birthday my man Oh, well, thank you, guys. And, you know, thank you for letting me just call in and interrupt the whole show oh, with we were random on, observations. We fast-tracking to something very important. <laughs> yeah. <laughs> really derailed us on our big plan for the day. So. Thank you saved us because yeah. we didn't have a last segment planned, so now we're back on track. Hey, all right, all right. Well, you know, I'm glad to help. And, 
Um, I've, I've missed a little bit because I'm not in my office as much sitting and listening to you guys, but yep. have you been talking about the terrible wrestling that has been going on in Florida the last two weekends on Fridays? I mean, I love pro wrestling, but I have not caught what's going on lately. Oh, it's terrible because there's no audience, but it's like mm. in Florida, it's apparently professional athletics for national TV audience was considered essential. So they're doing, you know, real quote unquote pro wrestling with no audiences. Uh, the and it thing, is not entertaining. So I don't know anything about this. It's not in my wheelhouse whatsoever. But am I right to understand that Gronk won a title and now he's going back to the NFL? So what happens to that title? Does he just retain his pro wrestling <laughs> belt for, you know, in memoriam until uh, until something happened? Like, how does this get written into the script? Maybe, I guess. I don't know. I mean, I think he's just yeah, an but- honorary champion for all time, right? Because he's Gronk. I was going to say, speaking of, you know, the big questions of the universe, it's like, how can somebody take a title from someone when they when they when they can't you know actually fight him when they retire? So how they ever the give title? Another That's again? right, exactly. Yeah. That's a great question, yeah. Mike. Appreciate the call, my friend. Have a wonderful rest of your day. All right, thanks, guys. You got it. There you go, Mike. On a birthday call, how about that? Love that, uh, Coulter. You want to talk about this NFL football thing? Yeah, let's do it. Okay. A couple. Uh, couple other notes uh, just a couple guys got free agent contracts that maybe people would be interested in as well Josh Kelly who started his career at UC Davis he was supposed to be the the dude there and then he walked away and walked onto UCLA and I remember thinking it was going to be such uphill sledding for a guy who never actually even started at UC Davis well then Josh Kelly became I think the sixth player in UCLA history to have back-to-back thousand yard seasons he was a second-team All-Pac-12 guy last year, and he went in the fifth round uh, of the NFL draft. So that was kind of cool to see a guy that we've seen play in person a couple times. Uh, and then Jason Ferris, who's the younger brother of Peyton Ferris. Peyton Ferris was the Big Sky MVP for the Montana State Bobcats the last time they went to the NCAA tournament yep. from Twin Bridges. Jason Ferris played his, his uh, college ball Montana Western. Uh, he signed. He was a first-team All-American NAI player, but still anybody out of the NAI, yeah. a pretty big deal. He signed with the Carolina Panthers. Very good. Uh, Coulter, thank you very much. Now, I know you wanted to go ahead and talk a little bit about teams, NFL teams, and the drafts that they had, broadly speaking, and who you thought did really well. Uh, I got a couple of teams that I wanted to touch on, but one team that there's a couple of teams that I felt like things set up really well for. I mentioned the Bucks in the first hour, and we can go through more of the specifics of who they got, but I think things went really well for Tampa Bay. I think things have gone extraordinarily well for Tampa Bay this entire offseason, obviously. Not to be undersold either, the fact that they tr- traded a, I think, fi- fifth or sixth round pick for Matt Breida, which is a good pickup too because they, they need a running back, and he's a good one. Absolutely. Along that very same line, though, I thought Kansas City, as a Super Bowl champion, getting Clyde Edwards-Alaire as their you know, is the first and only running back taken in the first round, but then having their, again, their pick of the litter at the position and a position that Andy Reid absolutely maximizes in what's already the best offense in football just got more dangerous. Uh, And then they, you know, Willie Gay linebacker out of Mississippi State who, you know, whether he's great and wonderful, I don't know. But again, I think you talk about uh, a position and a place where you can get great players at that point in the draft in the second and third rounds. Uh, they do it. Offensive tackle uh, Lewis Nyang out of TCU in the third round. But I thought that Kansas City, for as 
great as they've been, they're so set up offensively, obviously with their quarterback, but also their wide receiving core. They've been good, uh, really good with their running backs, but haven't necessarily had. It's been you know it's been a, a committee thing, and I expect certainly there's still going to be multiple guys carrying the ball, catching the ball out of the backfield. But Clyde Edwards-Alaire, I thought, is just the perfect dude for what they do. I mean his his in space left and right quick twitch uh you know movement is 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 second to none i think it's as good as it gets i don't know that he's the best straight quote running back in this draft but he might do the most things that would be you know versatile in an andy reed type offense to me so i thought kansas city did really well overall it's it's just so interesting like looking at the post uh mortems for these drafts i mean mel kuyper gives the chiefs a c plus see i i I just because here's the thing the chiefs won the Super Bowl. Sure. They don't, I mean, of course you want to do great, you know, down the list, 6th, 7th, 8th round, or, you know, 5th, 6th, 7th round, but I think getting what you need at the top with guys are going to help you sure. right away. Sure, That but, that to me, when you're a good team, is is right. the, the marker of right, success. Right, right. Well, but some, I mean, the Chiefs have taken more, the, the Chiefs had more guys on their roster, whether they took them or while they were with the Chiefs, they got enraptured in controversy. And some of those guys have been able to come on on the other side from that. Others have not. I mean, Kareem Hunt's no longer with the Chiefs. Whereas guys like Frank Clark kind of came out on the other side. Right. But they've had a lot of, as many guys with character issues or uh, off-the-field problems, criminal pasts as anybody. And with their second-round pick, they took Willie Gay Jr. from Mississippi State, who was suspended for the last eight games of last year because of the academic scandal at Mississippi State. Mm -hmm. Do you think, let me ask you this. Do you think teams care about the academic scandal stuff? Hold that thought. Okay. Because when, when we're talking, and I think this is another thing that's maybe a little bit misperception, is the fact that draft grades are often not necessarily who you drafted, but who you drafted where for what you need. And I guess I agree with what you're saying with Clyde Edwards-Hilaire, them drafting him. He's he's a three-down running back. He's the best pass catcher amongst the running backs. I think that's why they picked him over guys like... Uh, DeAndre Swift J.K. and J.K. Dobbins and Jonathan Taylor. Yeah. The Chiefs aren't that intent on running the ball on first down. If You want Jonathan Taylor if you're intent on running the ball on first down. So, okay, that's that's fine. But I guess what I'm saying is that if you take the guy who's the fourth best running back available as the first running back off the board, if he hits, that's great. That was a great pick. That becomes an A. But it's a, it's a not an A as of right now because he's not as sure of a thing. Do you know what I'm saying? Like if any of the other three guys are way better than than Edwards Hilaire, then then it becomes not as good of a pick. But that's all in retrospect too. Do you know I, what I'm saying? I do know what you're saying, and I agree with you. Except that I disagree in this respect. You know that I, I don't. I I know that guy. The NFL teams they do do this because they spend so much time and effort on it. They go one, two, three, four, five, six, seven, right down the line. Who's their who? The order of the guys that they want. What you know at the position. To me, though, when I look at it, I look at it as tiers, and. I said I thought that Jonathan Taylor was the best pure running back in this class. Certainly, DeAndre Swift, J.K. Dobbins were there, and so is Clyde Edwards-Alaire. And to me, those were the four best. And I thought any any single team could have had any one of those guys as their number one targeted guy. 
and they would have been you, they would have had absolutely a right to do it. So if even if the consensus is well, Clyde Edwards-Helaire, you know, ends up fourth out of these four on the Bell Kuyper draft board or whatever it is, that doesn't mean that he he is or even should be fourth out of four for the Kansas City Chiefs and what it is that they're trying to accomplish. And again, like I said, I think that what he is as a running back sets up perfectly for what Kansas City wants to do how and you know how explosive they are I mean he's a home run hitter in the open field so I I think that is uh, another great weapon and so I you know if they would have taken somebody else who's not even in you know who's not in the top obviously top tier of running backs then you go well okay well what what was the purpose of that like maybe you did want him couldn't you have gotten him later or whatever but I think pretty clearly they felt like he wasn't going to be there at pick 64 or whatever it is in the second round and so you take him then and I think it's a good pick overall the other team that I thought did an outstanding job was the Tampa Bay Buccaneers you get yourself Tom Brady you get Gronk back out of retirement for a what was it Fourth round pick? Something like that. Uh, they get Tristan Wirfs, which again is just remarkable that the tackle out of Iowa was still there at 13. This was another position that had a lot of very high-end talent, and I think that that things were pretty tiered in that way. So if you got any one of the top guys at tackle, you know you felt good about it. But he is absolutely one of the five-star blue chippers of this class and at 13 to get an offensive tackle especially when you've just signed Tom Brady who if I'm not mistaken isn't the most mobile of quarterbacks though that really doesn't matter for as quick as he gets it out that's big time then they get Antoine Winfield senior as a safety junior junior yeah what that's right it's is he Actually, is he even the second? Maybe he's a senior and a junior. But nonetheless, yes, Antoine Winfield Jr. out of Minnesota, who is, you know, well, he's got the, the he's got the genetics for it. We can say that at least. Uh, and then uh, uh, Keyshawn Vaughn, a running back out of Vanderbilt. So you kind of – they need a running back. I mean, if you're going to talk about the offense, like what's the thing that Tampa Bay has really been poor at and it's running the ball and how much of that is on the backs, how much of that is on the line, hard to say. But, you know, you get those positions. And well, they again, also traded for Matt Breida, who will likely be their day one starter. I just think that this – with everything that happened in the offseason, they don't need wide receivers. They don't need – quarterback obviously so they were able to sit there and let all these other positions sort of get spoken for and go after and 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 things just worked out for bruce arians and this crew really well i thought in this draft overall i thought that the uh, three best drafts were the minnesota vikings the baltimore ravens and the uh, indianapolis colts and the colts had a great draft the colts had a great draft yeah the reason i say Here's the thing that's unique about Minnesota, and this is just coming as an objective analysis, not as a Minnesota Vikings fan. The front office of the Minnesota Vikings have long known that they're never going to sign a big-time free agent unless his name is Kirk Cousins. They don't sign big-time free agents in Minnesota. They draft them, and they develop them. That's the star players that they get. They draft and develop. That's how it's been for 20 years. Minneapolis is so cold. It's not a place where it's not a free agent free agent destination unless you're going to give Kirk Cousins the most outrageous guaranteed contract in league history. Mm-hmm. Forever, the Vikings have always traded their high-risk early picks to get more picks. And it's not as if they just hit on a higher percentage of guys. They just draft more guys, so the percentage of guys that they hit on doesn't have to be as high. They drafted 14 guys. 
(laughs) But that's what they run. They run a college-style developmental program. And so when I see the Vikings draft, I mean, they drafted four corners. Are all four of them going to be good? Absolutely not. But two of them are. And so you're going to get two good corners because that's what they do. They do it like a college team where they're going to just recruit four and, and know that two will pan out. That's what they do, and they do it so well. And so the fact that they were just able to get all the guys that they got, I think that helps. But also I thought that they got a couple steals. I thought Justin Jefferson in the first round was a steal. I think he has a chance to just replace Stephon Diggs like pretty seamlessly pretty early on. I think the fact that they used they got a, first of all the fact that they got a first round pick for Stephon Diggs so they had two first round picks and then they were able to get Jeff Gladney late in the first round good and then also just just because of proximity bias the fact that I've seen the kid in person a couple times Troy Dye the kid from Oregon the inside mm-hmm. linebacker I mean, he's Oregon's all time leading tackler he's an exceptional athlete and he's a guy that if he's uh, if he's polished in the right way I think could be really good the Ravens I thought had the best draft I, th- I mean. We talk about the strong getting stronger. The Ravens were sitting there at 28th in the first round. And what do you know? They get the best linebacker in the draft. I mean, Patrick Queen from LSU falls all the way to 28th. And the Ravens get a straight-up day one starter, even though they had fourth to last pick. Have they ever had a good linebacker? (laughs) That's what I'm saying, though. Like, these guys, (laughs) they never even pick in the top 20. And they just still go get the best linebacker available in the draft. It's amazing. But J.K. Dobbins, I think, is a great pick up for them as well. And they have a sort of similar deal with, on defense. If they can just stockpile guys, it's a numbers game more than it is about hitting. You don't have to go 7-for-7 seven seven if you draft 14. You only got to go 7-for-14 if you draft 14. Right. That's the brilliance of that system as well. And then when you talk about the Colts, I thought the Colts hit it out of the park. I think Michael Pittman Jr. has a chance to be an incredibly good player. Jonathan Taylor, you pair him with Marlon Mack, that is an outstanding. I mean, that's one of the best one-two punches in the league. Because well, Marlon Mack is one of the – I mean, what would you say Marlon Mack? Top eight, top ten running back in the league? Here's what I would say. I would say the offensive line is a top three offensive line in the Perfect. league. Thus, whoever is running yeah, the football is right. going to be in business. But then they also got J- Julian Blackman, who was one of the highest-rated safeties in the entire draft, yep. and they got I him at Utah. 85th pick. Yeah, that's crazy. I mean, it, it was it was the Xavier McDaniel kid from Alabama, Alabama, Antoine Winfield Jr., and then Julian Blackman, and he he went in the third round. That's an incredible steal. Uh, so I thought that they did. Uh, I thought the Colts had a really good draft as well. It's Tutel Nuwanis, 1029 ESPN Radio. Get back to some local stuff on the other side. In particular, Cam Lawrence, formerly a Big Sky high school basketball player, then transferred to Hellgate High School for his senior year, is headed to college. We'll tell you where next. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. Welcome back to Tell Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. 
available online, 1029ESPN.com. You can listen on the stream anytime you would like to as well. Follow along on Twitter, at Gus Tutel. That's me, at 1029ESPN, and at Skyline Sports MT as well for all of your up-to-the-minute information. It is time now for our Farmers State Bank Prep Extra segment. Farmers State Bank, visit them online at FarmersEBank.com. Also, download the Farmers State Bank app, the MyCard app, safe, secure, instant, Turn your card on and off very easily for the Farmer's State Bank. What happened there, Colt? You just Let's fumbled your phone, it. just dropped it on the phone. That's great. No, no, leave it because now maybe you'll look at me when you're talking. It'll be great. You know, we can have like a real conversation. Oh, the best part about it is you stare into my eyes this entire show and don't know anything that I say, and I never look at you and can tell you everything that you say. That is absolutely true except for the fact that if you you know when you look at me it's like it just makes me feel good you know it's like i'm, well, like, I'm a I'm real here person for. i'm in the business of making you feel that's good. right me and everybody else am i like my triple yahtzees on friday night oh don't 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 i mean ryan I, only I just, has ever beat me at one thing it's settlers of Catan because i'm colorblind other than that O'Doyle rules. So does Coulter. How many rounds of golf have we played together this year? Actually, you are one to know against me in golf. That's right. But I've I've got about nine in since then. You haven't. I you're absolutely. <laughs> you're yeah, it's, 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 let's. I might not play again just to keep the record intact. Uh, Coulter Cam Lawrence, uh, basketball player. Uh, at Big Sky High School, who then transferred to Hellgate for his senior year, uh, played on an undefeated Hellgate Knight team that uh, shared ultimately the state title, and is was probably the kind of the number three guy basically on a team that had was a great team. Uh, obviously, Raleigh Wooster kind of leading the charge there, going to Utah State, but Abe Johnston as well going to Army. Cam Lorenzo, you said, man, well, I watched this kid play. I think this is a college player all day long. Well, he is going to go play college basketball. And, man, there's just been so many guys like Cam Lawrence over the years that come out of Montana that they're just they're just like one notch from being Division One, And I just right. I wish that those, those sort of kids could get a chance because I feel like if they were in a program and they could redshirt, which seems to be so uh, not commonplace anymore. I mean, we hardly ever see guys redshirt at the two Montana schools now. I, even guys that only play like five minutes a game, they don't redshirt, which is so crazy to me because I think you could buy some extra eligibility there. But... If Cam Lawrence was to play for the Cats of the Grizz for the yeah. next three or four years, you wonder what he could be. Regardless, though, the news of the day is that he's going to Montana Tech, and I think he's going to be a great player in the Frontier Conference. He's a, I mean, he's a six foot three and a half, six four kid who can play on the wing. He can really shoot it. That was his main uh, role for this Hellgate team was to be the the guy that could space the floor because they had the true post and Abe Johnson who's six nine. They had the true you know, creator. I mean, Raleigh Wooster scores a bunch of points, but at the end of the day, he's an on ball guy who likes to create stuff for his other teammates mm-hmm. and. More often than not, it was Raleigh Wooster getting in the lane, jump stop, kick to Cam Lawrence. Cam Lawrence knocking down jump shots. I thought he was a really smooth player. I thought he was a really crafty scorer. And uh, I think he'll have a great college career. I, I'm happy that he's going somewhere because when I first watched him, I was like, man, that kid can play. I hope he gets a chance to play somewhere. Right. It's so hard for guys from Montana to get a chance to play basketball in college no matter what level it's at. So got to be happy for Cam Lawrence uh, for him getting a chance. And also, uh, speaking of Big Sky High School, Everett Fred. Going to go throw the javelin for the Grizzlies. Tell the folks about Everett Coulter. Yes, yeah, is interesting too because Everett Fred, his best throw last year was about 175 feet, which would have been fourth in, in the double A. But that's where, if you're an elite javelin thrower, and make no mistake, when there's only eight states in the entire union that offer the individual event, 
being a top four guy in Montana makes you elite. Right. It makes you a Division One guy because no one else is doing it. Yeah. So you know how to do the event. And so 175 is a good baseline to come into college with. Yeah. And if you can add a little bit to that, I mean, at the collegiate level, 200 is kind of the, the point of entry. But uh, the kid has some talent. And uh, you know, one thing I find that's interesting, we've all been, everybody that works in sports media, we've been racking our brains to have content. You know, you and I are lucky that we're crazy and uh, can talk <laughs> about Schrodinger's cat for full segments at a time and welcome birthday calls for segments at a time and, and all of the like. But one thing that's been interesting is that the the people that work at the Lee Enterprises newspapers, the 406mtsports.com yeah. is the central place for all that news. Um, there's so many Montana kids that are going to go play in college that aren't playing for the Cats or the Grizz. They're going to go play at Montana Tech or yeah. Rocky Mountain or Glendive Community College or you know a variety of other junior colleges or whatever it might be. Because these guys are searching for content, there's been a lot more um, news out there. I mean, this I, yeah. I got this story. I mean, credit to the, to the Missoulian for reporting on Everett Fred. But usually, you know, a lot of times the track stuff kind of goes underneath the, the radar when it comes to recruiting news. But I think it's cool that these kids are actually getting getting a shot. I mean, we had Whitney Morrison last week. Um, we had the, the Mahalish girl from Helena Capital. Yep. You know, some track kids that are getting a shot. So um, good for Everett Fred, and I think he's a good developmental guy. Last things uh, here at the high school level uh, as it pertains to kind of the wider world and what's going on and things happening and things not happening, one good, one not good. The the bummer is that the 37th Bob Cleverly eight-man all-star game, which was slated to be held at Montana Tech there in Butte on June 6th, has been canceled officially. So that game uh, is no longer going on. We knew that the, uh, the St. Jude uh, all-star game also over, but this one uh, not going to happen as well. That said, the American Legion in the state of Montana, and, well, I assume that includes uh, also Alberta, uh, which is part of the state uh, within the Legion context, uh, is starting practice. So baseball at the Legion level is uh, at least going to get out there and get some, uh, get some kids throwing, you know, hitting and throwing and catching and doing the thing. So, uh, you know, with uh, phase one opening up and, and, and especially in the state of Montana, I think people feeling, uh, you know, a little bit better about the state of affairs in general. Uh, you get a little bit of Legion baseball going and it's the first, is this the first, uh, it's the first thing that I'm aware of. That's an actual sport. That's not, you know, okay, I'm sorry, Mike and Coulter pro wrestling. That's <laughs> actually, you know, kind of happening. And I'm not saying there's not other States or other Legion clubs that are out there kind of, kind of doing it. I know that the NBA has set a date for opening up practice facilities in the States where, uh, things are starting to reopen a little bit. So that's good. But, but, uh, you know, this is exciting to me, you know, to have, you know, the idea of, of, of kids out there practicing, uh, playing, getting ready and, and, uh, and stepping ever so gently in, in the direction that we want to go. And right now it's in smaller groups. They're not, mm-hmm. there's no real, um, ordinance yet to be able to play games, but, According to uh, the Zoom meeting that was had by all the different affiliates, the earliest possible date for games to be played would be May 22nd, and that's only if Governor Bullock enacts the uh, Phase 2 by then. If there's no Phase 2, there is no baseball, and that's what they've said. And so much of that has to do with not just the players on the teams because, I mean, when, when nine guys are out in the field, you can easily stand 10 feet apart. You have to. It's baseball. Well, you don't have to, but you'd lose. <laughs> Indeed. Uh, but I think it's more concerned the dugout. Yeah. But more it's the people that have to work the games, the umpires and who's coming from where, the people that are watching the games, the scorekeepers, all that stuff. Right. 
takes a good amount of people to actually enact a baseball game. You, so. you know, it does, but I also think, you know, uh, I, I don't know if you could do a deal where, you know, you don't sell tickets, but, you know, each player gets two people that, that can come, you know, whether it's parents or maybe an aunt and an uncle or, a, you know, a, a sibling or something like that. And then, you know, it's a seat, there's enough space, you know, where if that was the case, I think you could maintain that spacing pretty well at a game like that. It's a matter of being able to do it and doing it are two different things man it's just so natural to all of a sudden group up when you see somebody you know friends or whatever or you know the other parents of of a kid who's on your you know child's you know baseball team whatever it is to you know it's not about the fact that you can't all sit six feet apart with plenty of room to spare in a you know in a uh, at a baseball field it's about whether people will in fact do it or whether you know you, you actually are going to take that mandate or that request seriously or not. And I think that's, you know, part of part of what it is protecting us from ourselves at some point on this. But I am with you. I mean, it, it seems to me, even at the professional level, and we've talked about this, but baseball is the sport that, to me, carries sort of the least risk of all of these. I realize there's more baseball players to the tune of double than there are NBA players. But to your point... The NBA game is just a just a ten man wrestling match. Sometimes you know when guys driving the lane, you're bodying up and doing the whole thing. Baseball, you know, rounding the bases, you know, maybe trying to get a tag down on, at second, something like that. But you know, again, when you're going to start playing, every you think that everybody's got to somehow be tested before they're allowed to play in actual games to say okay you know you're safe here to go ahead and do this but also you know baseball as you said is sort of social distancing personified in professional sports is really what it is it'd be interesting to see if this gains some more traction as we continue to open up even more yeah i mean call it what it is also baseball especially from the american legion perspective because all of these individual teams and families and players they raise so much money to fund this stuff. I mean, so much of American Legion baseball is raising money to be able to travel, to have the stuff. Yep. So they don't necessarily have as much of the... I mean, even a high school basketball game, the refs are making a pretty good check comparatively. I mean, there's there's costs that are associated with it, I guess. The American Legion itself will pay for the umpires, right? So what, I guess what I'm saying is, if there ever was a sport where it literally doesn't matter if anybody goes and watches, and I'm not saying that I don't want people to go watch. I obviously do, and I will go watch American Legion Baseball if it's up and going and we're allowed to do it. But it's one of those deals where you really can have games happening with very little, like you're saying, um, danger, as well as you are not you don't need people to fund it. You know what yeah. I mean? Like it's gonna, It would be impossible for Montana to have a football season without people in the stands because they got to have the gate. Yeah. You have a whole American Legion baseball season without selling a ticket yeah. because they've done all the back-end work to raise the money to make sure the stuff happens. It's two telling the one. You're absolutely right. I agree with you on this. Uh, 102.9 ESPN Radio. It's our prep extra segment. It's brought to us by the Farmer State Bank. Farmer State Bank, your Montana bank since 1907. Also online, farmersebank.com. On the other side, some things that were coming up this week that I'm looking forward to and do I have an idea about how to salvage a football season financially without running the risk of 
a full stadium. We'll see if we can come up with an idea right after this. Hey, the Silver Slipper is your beer, wine, and liquor stock-up headquarters. You've got all the toilet paper you could possibly need, so now head over to the Silver Slipper and stock up on what you really need. They also have Tarantino's Pizza to go. The Silver Slipper, they have cocktails to go as well. Plus, how about this? From 4 to 6 every day, well, two Telenuanas are on the air, get yourself a liquor store happy hour. What does that mean? Well, it means you get the employee discount on bottles of alcohol. 11 a.m. to 8 p.m. daily, but the, 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 the happy hour from 4 to 6 every single day. They also have the friendliest staff in town, even in the midst of a global crisis. At the Silver Slipper, it's all about great food, tasty beverages, and their urge to have a good time. Whether you're looking for an affordable family meal, takeout, you go over there and you get yourself sorted out with the Silver Slipper. Online at thesilverslipperlounge.com. Stop by today. See why the Silver Slipper is one of Montana's best-kept secrets across the street from Super Walmart on Brooks. At Blackfoot, we're experts at keeping customers and communities connected online. In fact, we executed our own business continuity plan, quickly mobilizing to keep our communities online with the service and experience they need. You need to stay connected, too, and we can help. From home internet to remote workforce deployments, contact Blackfoot to learn how we can help you stay connected today and in the future. Call 866-541-5000 or visit goblackfoot.com slash remote workforce to learn more. thing is true about me, Coulter, and you know it's this. If I'm good at anything, it's making money. <laughs> and I got a great plan for you. It's Tutel and Nuanas, 1029 ESPN Radio. This is the most perplexing part about being a man, though, right? Is learning how to become, learning how to make money is one thing. Learning how to actually manage and use money is a completely different thing. I am exceptional at making money. Yeah, I, I am horrific at having money. It has anything to do with being a man. I think it has to well, do you know with being saying. a person. Yeah, an adult. Yeah, right. Yeah. I was just speaking to another For you and man. I. Uh, yeah, I mean, it's one of many perplexing things. Why do I become less disciplined instead of more disciplined over time? Why is that the reality? I mean, if you really want to go down the rabbit I hole, don't. It's too tell- I don't want it. I don't yeah. want it. It's too telling the world. Yeah, let's blame, <laughs> blame it on them. I, I got to tell you, this uh, this me being able to see Tommy through the window is yeah. absolutely one of the greatest and worst things that's ever happened to this Looking show. Right, Tommy, why is it that you insist on having that light off? When I look back there, all I see is myself in the reflection. I can barely even see you through the thing. It's all by design, Ryan. I didn't even think you were back there the other day. I was like trying well, to he was carry a segment and feet up on the deal. Really chill. He's only 5'2", so he leans back. You really can't Now, see. why are you going to do that? <laughs> First of all, that's a lie. And second of all, it's just mean-spirited. It's 2 telling the one. It's 1029 ESPN Radio. I like looking at you, too, Coulter. Thanks, man. And I like looking at you and thinking about all the times I have watched you lose money and not win money. <laughs> <laughs> and as I reflect in the production booth, I realize some of us are just good at... Walking into massive piles of cash. Yeah. Some of us are just lucky. How many sides did you get at dinner? Oh, enough to make me sleep for 14 hours. <laughs> that is a true story. So many sides that I couldn't even wake up. They had yeah. eight available sides. They recommend that a family shares one. We ordered eight. <laughs> 
was so ticked off because I said, yo, let's go walk around. And Coulter's like, no, I got a nap for two oh, hours. Oh, man. The Uh-oh. sun went down. The clock struck 10 p.m. and Coulter wakes up. Hey, you want to go, go get some coffee? <laughs> Even when the casinos lose money, they make money. I mean, you get two grand and it just all stays at the restaurant, uh, that's right, at that's the right, hotel, that's right, whatever. That's right. uh, it's two Teleduanas, 1029 ESPN Radio, if there was any doubt. Uh, if you would like to listen to this show, you can do so anytime on the podcast. The podcast available whenever you would like to get it. It's on any platform you like to have your, pla- uh, your, your podcast on and it is available thanks to Blackfoot. Uh, Coulter, within the context of football, I just wanted to float this idea and I thought I would spend about 40 minutes on this but i realized just, in this show uh, n- well no no it won't be 40 <laughs> minutes it'll be five but I, I wanted to spend 40 minutes on it but then i realized it's probably not 40 minutes there okay. but i think it's viable <laughs> it's something that we've talked about before but in the event you said it exactly right you got to have fans in the stadium at the big sky conference for football or else it's it's the biggest money losing thing that you can do is to fund football with no revenue being generated because there wouldn't be any basic I mean I don't know what the root sports deal is but there would be you know presumably not much revenue from the from the TV side of things and so it's all about having fans in the stands especially in Missoula and Bozeman definitely if you can't do that what are you doing but the question is is it all or nothing and I thought you know if there's a scenario in which you can say, you know, you have an assigned seat or whatever, and it's every fourth seat or every fifth seat or something like this where it's set up and you can have, say, 5,000 people in a sta- stadium instead of 25,000, mm-hmm. okay? Now, is that a, a great scenario? No. But here's the other thing I think that you can do. You ready, Coulter? I'm ready. Sell some beers. You know, you get up there and you go, here's the deal. There's no re-entry because we're not doing the tailgate thing, obviously, because we're not doing, you know. You come in here and here you go. We're, you know, open for business at the beer pouring stations around the stadium. And you're not going to make up missing the other 20,000 fans, okay? It's just not going to happen but you would you would seems to me make a, a a substantial run especially in the state of montana on on sort of getting back a little bit in fact maybe more than even just a little bit a a, a decent percentage on the beer sales especially if that's what people were required to do which it seems to me they would be i don't see how you have a reentry policy if there's a six you know if there's still a social distancing uh, uh, you know, uh, mandate in effect. So again, there's this is one small thing out of a thousand or a million other things that play into this into considerations. Are there going to be students on campus? Will there be students on campus at some Big Sky schools and not others? And what does that look like? And I know that you've thought a lot about that, talked a lot about that. Yeah, I but mean, I and that's saying, the thing too. We a little short tease here first. We will continue our Big Sky Coaches series because although we've had an array of coaches from around the Big Sky, we still yeah. have had all the head coaches because there's 13 of them. Mm-hmm. Uh, so we will be joined by uh, Chris Ball from Northern Arizona tomorrow about 4.30. And we will be joined by Paul Petrino from the University of Idaho at 4.30 on Wednesday. Right. In talking to the sports information departments at those schools, I always just, you know, hey, how's it going? Hope you're doing all right. Hope everybody's safe. What's the climate on, on your campus? 
University of Idaho made it actually a public announcement that they plan on having classes on campus this upcoming year. Okay. NAU leaning towards it, but they're in a wait-and-see mode. Northern Colorado waiting, uh, kind of in a wait-and-see mode as well. I'm hearing Sac State, yes. Portland State, really hesitant. Montana, Montana State, really hesitant. Idaho State, because Idaho's in, is more inclined to have it. That's going to be the hugest question mark, though, is then how do you have football games on campuses where there's no students? Because how do you require student athletes to be on campus to perform in a sport when they're not in school? Right. That's a huge issue. they're not in school on campus. campus. Right. But also, if you have a school like Idaho, which is not a giant school by any means, but 10,000 students, and they all are on campus in class, and then University of Idaho football team wants to come to Montana to play in Bozeman or Missoula, that's where it gets so right. gray area, right? I mean, right. do you really want people coming from an infected area? Who knows if anybody's infected? I mean, there's just so many things that go into this. But I just think that uh, from a sports perspective, for the big sky to have football, it's going to have to be everybody's going to have to be on campus. But I don't know how you fix the logistics of that because sports decisions and Academic decisions are completely different. Well, they are and they aren't. I mean, at the end of the day, it's going to be on the presidents of the universities and the regents of the universities to make the decisions for the whole university, including the athletic department. And then the athletic department will have to make decisions within the athletic department after the presidents have sort of laid out how how they're going to proceed forward in general. But I still think you could certainly have a scenario where there's students back on campus, but social distancing at major events is still in effect. And again policing this so to speak in in the sense of like how, how are you going to ensure that people in fact are keeping the distance that they need to keep at a game i don't know but you know i think we're doing a, a decent job of this by and large at say the grocery stores you know they got yeah. i've seen people with the clickers okay we're at you know however num- many number of people are going to allow in at this time and you know you got the little foot marks so how do you sell tickets to that though because it would be such an interesting supply and demand right it, it, it really would be because so then are you only gonna i mean are you gonna treat it like a supply and demand scenario in other words is it gonna be like an auction process where the people that are willing to pay the most money See, I, or is it just a first come first serve? I, I think, I just, how does that work? I, I think you know. Look, I mean, you got, I think you have to have a certain number of tickets earmarked for people that you know it's important to the university to have in the stadium to say the say it like yes, that, right? And then the rest of it, I mean, look, I mean, the auction thing is already sort of a reality, right? Where they're price pointing different tickets to different games based on what they expect the the, the demand to be, and you know, second market tickets or aftermarket tickets and that, but. Once you get into the stadium, however many people you get in there, maybe it's 5,000, maybe it's 8,000, maybe you have a situation where if people can demonstrate that they all live together, you know, it's a family of four, that you can have this section of four tickets that are all next to each other, and that's fine, and so maybe you can get some more people in that way. But also, I think that that alcohol sales are big, big business as we know, and to limit the losses it would and it wouldn't have to be oh this is our new normal you know this is what we're doing forever and always Ah, so you're saying have a trial run of beer sales during these uh, this uh construction of the new normal they they have uh you know a a a licensed uh, what do i want a catering service basically that carries a liquor license for all the things that happen on campus when they do serve alcohol at things right you can have dining services has beer at their restaurant sure you can do that and and and, uh and like different concerts i mean pearl jam the whole thing so it's certainly in 
a, there's a model at which it exists and then you know how the revenue gets broken up and whatever i don't know but i think yeah. that that would be a, a again a, a significant way to a, not make it back but to limit the loss uh yeah. if it came to that but you know again it's just a thought it's a long long, long way away so many of these sorts of decisions and, and this was very apparent when uh, steve bullock was giving all of his uh, directives and shall I, shall I say uh, stern suggestions that were never actually any sort of law just just directives from the governor you know, stern suggestions but you could tell in all the ways that he spoke about it and continues to speak about it that one thing he's truly trying to respect but also truly trying to not hinder is the fierce independent spirit of people in montana mm-hmm. i think that's been the biggest issue for alcohol sales at grizz and bobcat games thus far is that it's the leaving the stadium that's the issue because if you sell beer in the stadium, like you're saying, you have to have no reentry. That's how all the big schools do it. All the big schools sell beer at their stadium. Once you're in, you're in. You don't go out till you're out. That's all. That's all it is. I just think that, right, wrong, or indifferent, so many Montana people would just say, "Well, you can't tell me what to do. I've been going out to my tailgate for 35 years. I'm going to go have a beer. Right. That's what we came here to do." Mm-hmm. But I want to buy a beer in here and out there and then back in here as well. Well, and, and you know, there's there's business tied up in the tailgates, too. I mean, there's a lot of no, tail, no tailgates that are that are hosted and things like that. And so, you know, that's all that's all a, a significant part of it. But let's put it like this. Regardless of whether you were selling alcohol or not at the at the at the games, if there is social distancing, there are no tailgates, it seems to me. I don't know how you would try and create a scenario where that would be OK. And so. It also seems to me there would be no reentry just for this season or just for the games where this was still in effect or whatever it was. You know, every time you make a policy change, it doesn't have to be forever. The stupid playoff didn't need to have a 12 year contract put on it for four teams. Do it for three years and see where you're at. Anyway, don't get me started on that. Point being, uh, you know, you could do you can make this terminal, see how it works, see if you like it. But at the very least, cut your losses a little bit, it seems to me. Anyway. Just a thought from one man. Boys and girls, we'll have more thoughts for you tomorrow. That's what we do around here. It's two telling Nuanas. Bunch of guests coming up this week. We'll tell you all about them as well. Stay tuned for a good group of coaches, players around the state, around the conference as well. Have a very nice Monday evening. Wish you the best. We'll see you tomorrow. Two telling Nuanas, ESPN Radio. Just lost him Get commencement ready at the Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Their grad fair sale is going on right now if you visit msubookstore.org. Free regalia. When you purchase a diploma frame at the MSU Bookstore, you can obviously visit the MSU Bookstore on the Montana State campus. The Montana State Bookstore, your best place for blue and gold on game day or any other day. Visit on campus or at msubookstore.org.